December 2nd edition. It's Christmas time. And Quentin will be easing us in into the season, I'm sure, with some Andy Williams, some great Christmas bumper music. As we get into the Christmas season, lights, if they haven't gone up, will be going up this weekend. Weather's going to be clearing up tomorrow, we hope. I'm Randy Tobler. Great to be back with you after a little respite over the Thanksgiving showtime and uh we're refresh and recharge hope you had a great thanksgiving seems like it was um gosh it, it just it just the the memories keep living on even though it was already a week ago but it seems like it was just yesterday and um i'm still trying to figure out quentin how to work off the turkey i don't know if you figured out a way but i'm working on it myself uh we'll see if we can get that done hey we've got a big show for you today uh, we're going to be talking about the potential imminent collapse of um the financial support for schools. What's that about? The K through 12 system was infused with a lot of money, just as was the economy. And, uh, Ginny Gentles from IWF is going to join us in the seven o'clock hour. That's something you won't want to miss. Patrick Ishmael will join us later this hour from the Show Me Institute. I talked to him on Thursday, was able to get in a hold of him and really had a, a big discussion about the Missouri legislative session coming up next year and uh, just a well it's going to start here in just a short while uh, a little over a month and uh, they'll be back in session and so already pre-filing going on so there's lots to talk about there um tony colombo host of colombo and katie of course will be with us at eight o'clock virginia cruda joins us at seven forty-five, and i'm hoping i've got fingers crossed that Walid Ferris will be with us to talk about what's going on, of course, over there in Israel, the Gaza Strip, and um, all throughout the Middle East. What a tinderbox that is, huh? Yeah, thanks, Joe. Your your tepid, feckless Afghanistan withdrawal set the stage. And uh, now across the globe, and focused now in the Middle East, there's there's uh, just mayhem, and uh, it's, it's just uh, crazy. And, of course, the big, great debate the other night with DeSantis versus Newsom. I think going into it, a lot of people were wondering, was Newsom going to clean DeSantis's clock? I think it turned out the other way. Whether it matters in the, in the long run, I don't know. And then we had, of course, yesterday, George Santos expelled from, uh, from Congress in a historic, uh, a historic vote, 311 to 114. It takes two-thirds of a majority to pass, so... Um, uh, it's interesting, 311 to 114. Some Republicans weren't on top of it. They were, you know, not, not good for it. There's, I guess, ups and downs, risks and, uh, so forth to be taken. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that all pans out and whether it becomes retribution, um, when the Democrats, uh, take control of the House again. Cause we know that's going to happen. Who knows? It might happen in 24. 
What? 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 You say in 24? No, it's going. This will be the red wave. This the 24 will be the red wave that didn't happen in 22 and in 23 and in 20. <laughs> so uh, there's been a lot, um, a lot of disappointment as far as um, the GOP and its performance. Perhaps that's because we're just not as excited about what they're doing. They're just the there's the party of a little less more spending than the Democrats who are more more spending. But less of more is still more. And I think the Republicans just can't quite get it into their heads, at least uh, many of them. Uh, but maybe they're just responding to what we want, too, because after all, we we love when stuff when people give us stuff. Right. Everyone loves that. Um, the other issue is I've got a couple of things that I wanted to talk about that um, I didn't know if you had heard about, but it's been chilling. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Quentin, I, had you heard about the fact that the J6, the National Air Marshals, they're, they're, it's like the Police Association or the Border Patrol Association. The head of the Air Marshals the other day came out and said that the, the, the Air Marshals, that you think of these people as like, hey, if there's someone that maybe they've been, they think is a shady character from Iran that came across the borders trying to fly domestically or maybe connected with someone, those are the kind of people that you would think an Air Marshal would you know, the TSA or someone, you know, ticket buying purchase uh, counter. Oh, wait, we got someone on the plane. We better be on the plane with that person on. You would think it would be the nefarious actors. And then the air marshal is riding. Of course, undercover, no one knows they're an air marshal. But, you know, they're there to protect. This, the, the head of the, this woman who's the head of the, the air marshal's association was saying that since 21, They've been, they've just got this quiet skies operation. And the quiet skies operation means that anyone who traveled to J6, anyone. So if you could have, there was a guy who was there for a funeral. You could have gone there because you were visiting the Bible Museum. By the way, if you haven't been to the Bible Museum, wow, you should go see it. It's a fascinating view. Um, great, great visit there. Uh, you know, you could be there on business. You're a lobbyist, whatever you're, you know, and, Anyone who was on J6, according to this individual with the air marshals, those are the people who are on a special list and, and on whose flights the air marshals are going to have been diverted. That's, she says they're really not doing the traditional security uh, missions. Now, that's her report. I haven't heard government deny it. But that, st- that story just, it was like, wait a minute. You got to be kidding me. We've got, we've got real potential. Are known threats and, and you're taking, you know, granny who went to, you know, visit her long lost sister in Arlington. You're going to, I mean, you're going to go and put an air marshal on the flight because she bought a ticket on or around J6. That's how, that's how the political class has manipulated the bureaucratic class and they all have gotten themselves all fomented and worked up and, and just, you know, unhinged about J6, domestic terrorists. It's unbelievable. But wait, wait, wait. There's more about your government oppressing and abusing you. And this will be a theme. I want to talk with our guests uh, this morning. I want to talk with Tony about it, about with Virginia about these things. Uh, so Jack Smith, you know, this hyper aggressive prosecutor against Donald Trump in several cases is, uh, had, had gotten a judge. 
to take on an, uh, to 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 uh, approve a search warrant that as as the reporting not on not on Epoch Times, not on uh, Daily Wire. Well, maybe they were. I didn't see it there. Not on not on Fox News. I, I saw it on Newsweek. That the judge, and you've seen it, I think it has been reported elsewhere, but when you see it reported on Newsweek and, and validated, that's a problem. Jack Smith got a judge to sign a search warrant that essentially allowed the government to put your name, because I know many of you have interacted with the Donald Trump, real Donald Trump Twitter site when it was up and running before it was lost and now reinstated under, under Musk. But back in the, in the day, if you interacted with the Donald Trump website, uh, Twitter account, if you, if you retweeted, if you approved or followed or unfollowed or messaged anything, they author, this search warrant authorized your government, your government to obtain the IP addresses of the, this is according to the reporting. I didn't make this up. Uh, Quentin, StreamYard's working. I don't have a tinfoil hat on, do I? Can you see? No tinfoil hat here? No tinfoil hat. All right. I wanted to just confirm that. Just look. It, it's, it may be shiny, but it's not foil. It's, it's a problem. I'm trying to get a hair transplant from Quentin. We're working on that. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and so they, they, theoretic, I mean, I don't think it's theoretic. I think somewhere in a database in the government, in the DOJ, because of this search warrant, they have the IP addresses of your mobile, of your devices that you may have accessed. I accessed real Donald Trump, didn't you? I mean, who didn't? Maybe people on the left, ironically, probably, uh, you know, reporters who hate Donald Trump, the never Trumpers who wouldn't, wouldn't be in the room with the guy. If you interact with that, with his Twitter thing, apparently, according to the search warrant, you're on a list. You're essentially a potential domestic terrorist because you interacted with Donald Trump and they know about your device and they know the IP. This is chilling stuff. This is the stuff that Gestapo, this is Gestapo techniques a century later. Well, almost a century later. This is like the Soviet Union. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, you, you see in the movies. This is like the born identity kind of stuff, you know? And I, I just I'm I'm amazed there hasn't been more hue and cry on this. And who knows what else they know about us. And and and, and I guess my problem here is as much with the judge, well probably more with the judge than it is with the DOJ prosecutor, Jack Smith. Prosecutors are going to try to be aggressive, they're going to try to do that, but there has to be some justice, some protection some constitutional rigor well you know what's the judge smoking here i mean you got to protect our rights the fact that quentin who you know produces larry's show and, and my show you know happens to jump on a a, a twitter feed and ex well, who's what are the, who are they looking at now if you're on lauren bobert's side oh Mar- marjorie taylor green if you interact with that are you a are you a domestic terror oh matt gates i don't always agree with those folks but this is, we've got to, I'm telling you, you've got to tell your children about this. You've got to tell friends and relatives about it. I don't care if it's holiday time. If you have an opportunity, ask them, hey, what do you think of Donald Trump? Oh, I have, did you ever look at his Twitter feed? Well, of course. I'm just trying to keep an eye, you know, keep your friends close to your enemies closer. I'd never vote for that guy in a million years. I'm a, I'm a Kamala Harris guy. Okay, that's fine. Do you know that if you interacted with that Twitter feed, Mr. Woke, liberal, progressive friend or family, 
Do you, do you know that the governments now they're looking after you? They've got your information. They're, they know your stuff. They know the device IP address. What, what, what? Well, yeah, that's, that's it. That's you, Mr. Big Government Voter. I don't know. Quentin, you think that'll make for a nice jolly holly Christmas or maybe not? Huh? Probably not. <laughs> no. Not good to discuss politics at the at the Christmas dining table. <laughs> exactly. All right. Hey, uh, well, we're, we've got a big show, as I said. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play this interview that I did with Patrick Ishmael the other day. Coming up. Oh, listen. Oh, look at it. Quentin's got you covered, guys and in gals. There. All right. And then when we come back, we're gonna talk about the DeSantis Newsom shakedown the other night on the Sean Hannity show. You're listening to the Randy Tobler show. 1019941 News Talk SCL. Good morning. Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, on News Talk STL. Patrick Ishmael from the Show Me Institute, uh, the director of All Things Accountable. We were just talking about George Santos and how he doesn't like accountability. If you make him accountable, it's bullying, Patrick. It's bullying, he says. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that uh, if, you're, if you're doing wrong, you, you probably shouldn't be in public service. And I think, unfortunately, we've got a lot of folks in public service who shouldn't be there. You know, the ideal is someone, you know, it's kind of the, uh, the idea of a farmer who is called into service, serves his country, or serves a state and goes home, has no other, like, bound-up interest in government. Uh, I'd love to see that more often in so whether you're on the left or the right, uh, go in, do your duty, go home, and uh, don't yeah. steal from us while you're out there. What a novel thought. Wasn't there something about the original founders and the citizen statesmen? I think I remember that there, yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. Hey, well, let's ask you. What, okay, so we want to get into the pre-filing period and what you, you would recommend would be priorities. And I hope that folks will listen, jot them down, and then let their various uh, representatives and senators know, right? That's that's my goal for this segment. Um, yeah, well, we, we've been making a list, and we've been checking it twice. Oh, really? It's those, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very nice list. Oh, but good. it's one of those lists that you, you kind of want to have go away. And the reason is because if, if it goes away, it means it's gotten done. And so there are a few items on here that we've talked about before. I'm sure your listeners have heard about uh, you know, our interest in reducing taxes. But, you know, it, it, when we talk about pre-filing and filing for this next legislative session, uh, I think probably the, one of the top priorities that we have this year, and it's the priority that, you know, you've heard before, is uh, school choice and school transparency. Uh, you know, I, I think that if you're going to make investments, quote, investments as a government, uh, certainly you don't want to be uh, handing out tax incentives, and we're against that. You know, we want to make sure that there's better health care. We have items that, that deal with that. Yeah. But 
if, if you're going to invest in kids, you need to make sure that that money is accountable uh, and that parents can see what's going on. Uh, and we've talked about the Missouri Parents' Bill of Rights before. Uh, it basically says that uh, if you're paying for it, you should be able to see what uh, is in your kid's classroom. Uh, and I think that, you know, when you combine that with empowering parents to choose where to send their kids, whether you're talking about the, the most Scholars program, making that better inter-district choice, uh, there are lots of things that can be done. But the reality is, is that in Missouri, our schools have more or less underperformed for, for a while now. Only about one in three kids is proficient in math. Uh, and we have over 500 school districts, and none of them are unaccredited. So yeah, I think when you do some accreditation reforms, but from a pre-filing, filing passage perspective, we'd love to see, see some progress on, on education reform. And gosh, there are so, so many. It's a target-rich environment. Uh, uh-huh. Hopefully some of these nice items will go away someday. So I'm looking on the, the Show Me Institute org website and i see that coming up on december 6th that's that's what next week right next wednesday Mm -hmm. uh, there's a virtual town hall on the blueprint for missouri for 2024 is that going to embody some of these ideas Yes, it's going to be the official rollout. And so we've talked a little bit about, about the education side of it, but we have uh, uh, recommendations for what should be done for occupational licensing, for budget reform, for local government transparency, for income tax reform, of course, because we, we care a lot about that. But it, it's a, a list of probably about 20 items. Uh, and again, a lot of these items I think will be familiar with uh, with your audience and those who have supported us for a long, long time. Um, but there are some fresh ones in here uh, dealing with unemployment uh, uh, insurance reform and a, and a few other things like that. But, but like I said, you know, I, I think for, for most folks, uh, you know, things that touch them directly are the ones that they care the most about. And especially for, for families, education is a, is a huge, huge deal. And, you know, education and, and tax reform, those two items, those are big. Uh, hopefully the, the legislature will actually get something done on this. They've been yeah. kind of slow to, to move, particularly on school choice. Uh, I, I think that this is a good opportunity to make some progress in, in all those areas, but particularly those two areas. Well, I think I feel a growing movement of citizen activism. I think it's under the big umbrella of populism, you know, however you define that, that really came of age uh, most recently with Donald Trump, right? But on the, on the state level, I don't know that we've had the same vigor and the same um, cohesiveness among people who are really of like mind. So that's why I'm thinking if everyone were to tune in to the virtual town hall, would you, uh, Brian, would you check with Gary Nolan and make sure that he could maybe, for those who want to, give a excuse a permission slip to watch the town hall? Yes, yes. I can do that. Okay, uh-huh. ask Gary if it's okay. I'm sure he'll be cool because a lot of these reforms I know are very libertarian-leaning, uh, libertarianoid, I think that's fair to say. Um, December 6th, 11 a.m., you go on to showmeinstitute.org and you can register that. And where I'm going with this, Patrick, is I think that the left does a much better job uh, – organizing, um, inspiring, um, giving talking points, coordinating citizen activism, I think, than the right does. And we just need to get these things done. So I think it's a great opportunity. Now, you can't, if you tell me some of the details in this, you'd have to kill me. Is it one of those things? They're secret? And, and to kill them? <laughs> well, they're, they're not secret. I, I, I may have said too much already. Um, okay. but, but to your point, though, about, you know, uh, I think sometimes state policy does get overlooked. Yeah. Uh, and you look at the federal government, the federal government has a lot of power. It has trillions of dollars to spend. But if you look at the state of Missouri, I mean, the, the last budget was about $50 billion. It's, it's uh, the budget is kind of, I 
roughly twice as big as it was five or six years ago. And and the most fascinating thing, though, is that we usually, probably our, our primary focus is on state policy, but we also talk a lot about local policy, transparency of, of uh, city and county finances, certainly schools and school districts. And when you look at the, the amount of, of spending that is done at the local level, it is about as much as the state level, it's 40 or $50 billion. But the big difference, of course, is that, you know, you have one big target with the state spending 40 or 50 billion dollars but with local government you've got a thousand city cities you got 114 counties you've got thousands of taxing districts you have 500 school districts and so i think that that can make it a challenge because there are always opportunities to get involved and to make a difference and sometimes uh, you know to not to get too voltaire here but you have to tend your own garden you have to be able to engage the things that are in proximity to you because those are the places where you can make the biggest difference and that's kind of our view on state policy you know state policy is within reach for us and certainly local policy as well. But, you know, I think that federal national politics might be, you know, sexy, but it is very distant. If you want to make a difference, state and local policy is is really where it's at. Yeah. Brian Hansen thinks Lauren Boebert is sexy. But other than that, I find nothing else in that. Is that true, Brian? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Her boyfriend sure did in the theater out there. Where are you learning to lie so well? (laughs) Where are you getting that? Oh, wait. It's just so fun. It's just so fun. It is. It's good. All right. Um, You're right. You you feel like so frustrated about the national issue going on, but you feel like forget about it. It's so big. It's so monstrous. It's so immovable. There's just no way I can do anything about it. What's my one little vote count? You know what I mean? But you can actually influence things in your local and state politics. Now, on the broader level, just a philosophical um, speculation on your part, Patrick. If you look at your local legislators... Um, maybe and local authorities, maybe, well, I don't want to say more likely than state people, but often local officials um, may not have the same, uh, especially if they're like a, you know, part-time unpaid people, like a, for school districts and stuff. They may not have the same, I mean, they've got other things going on in their life, right? But but state legislators do too. If you were to take the, the pie of, miscues let's just call it that way as defined by the show me institute how many of those miscues that come from legislators authorities uh, at the local and municipal level how many of those are good faith errors just they really did their homework they just they just it just didn't work out well the consultant that they hired you know they it just didn't work out well they estimated that there wasn't going to be a drought and there was a drought you know that kind of stuff how many are good faith errors how many are willful corrupt things what 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 slice of the pie is that and how much is just apathy and or ignorance you have any idea if you if you had to speculate yeah you know if i were to speculate uh, i would say that probably most mistakes uh, locally are uh, either of ignorance or of you know otherwise of good faith i I think that especially you know uh, i think most people who get into public life especially if you're talking about really small towns 
they are doing it for their community. And I think that's true of larger uh, areas as well, larger cities uh, oftentimes too. Um, but what I will say though, is that you know, we've done our, our show me checkbook project for, you know, off and on for the last six or seven years now. And what, what becomes really clear is that when you send requests to every city and every county in the state, you, you, you have a lot of different reactions to requests for, you know, where is the public's money going and, you know, line by line, where is it? Uh, and I think oftentimes uh, it, it doesn't matter whether you're big town or a little town or somewhere in between. Uh, really, it comes down to local culture. And I think that if you have a bad local culture, I think that you may have an outsized number of bad, bad actors because mm. they're used to trying to conceal, mm. uh, you know, pertinent information. And so if you have a county or a city that's kind of a family business, uh, and you know, we've gotten a few phone calls uh, to that extent where someone will come in after a family or a set of people have been operating a county or a city for a while and be like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, mm. I, I think that I think that those are the most concerning, the ones that don't want to give you any information at all. Uh, if I were to give you a ballpark like population of, of the sorts of towns that are probably highest risk, and this isn't, you know, 100 percent, it's probably a town between 2,500 and, and 10,000 people. And the reason is because they're large enough to collect fairly large sums of money, but they're small enough yeah. that they're kind of like a, a high school. And, uh, you know, people don't want to give their right. opponents or their, uh, you know, ammunition. So mo- mostly good faith, but there are some bad actors out yeah, there. Yeah. And I just have to ask you as an attorney, if you're if you've if you've seen this story about Jack Smith getting a search warrant in his investigation of of Donald Trump. And I forget which one it is at this point. I think it's the J6 thing. I'm not sure which one at this point. Um, and and getting a judge to sign a search warrant to basically get. Patrick, if you ever looked at Donald Trump's uh, uh, Twitter feed in the day, back in the day, and either retweeted it or commented on it or followed, even if you unfollowed, almost anything you interacted with that, the government, I think, from what we can tell, there was a lot of things redacted out of this search warrant. But Twitter handed over stuff, including IP, they were asking anyway, for IP addresses of the devices. And this has just sort of flown under the radar. I haven't heard this reported. This, to me, is the most the most Soviet uh, invasion of our of our of our privacy I've ever heard of. But yet, it's like we've come to a point—a new normal in this country where not enough people that should know better in the media are calling this out. Have you seen that story? I have seen that story, and I, I think the, the worst part about all this, though, is that, you know, if Donald Trump never ran for president, uh, you wouldn't have seen, you know, any of these, and I'm talking talking about, you know, setting aside the J6, that it was during his presidency, but, you know, the the New York case that goes going after his assets in, in Florida and, you know, the valuing Mar-a-Lago, right. the, the, the politicization of the court system, I think, is the biggest problem, and yes. it is the, the fact that you, you know, you have our three branches of government and, and you know, the the two branches, the president and the, the, the Congress legislators, uh, they're 
approval ratings are in in the basement. Uh, and if you can't even trust the court system, it's not that we know that the court system doesn't make mistakes, uh, but it, it's pretty clear what's happening in, in Donald Trump's case. And so um, if you're going to weaponize the court system in one direction, you would expect that it will probably be weaponized in the other direction as well. And that is the kind of, in both situations, weaponizing it one way or both ways. That's the stuff of banana republics. Yeah. And that is not where we should be. Um, and, and certainly we'll see where these court cases go. But uh, it, it, it's a, it's wonderful that Elon Musk decided to take Twitter uh, and purchase Twitter for as expensive as it was. Yeah. Because one, we would otherwise never have found out about a lot of these details. And two, uh, that platform as a free speech platform, uh, it would not be what it is today. It would have been an extension of government, which is exactly what it was being treated as uh, before Elon Musk came around. I, I'm just, um, I'm astounded. I'm embarrassed for and angry at the judge who signed that. Okay, so you got the DOJ and they're getting aggressive and they're political. I thought judges, I mean, I'm losing faith. I know it's a human endeavor. Every endeavor is a human endeavor. But a judge is supposed to be Solomonic in their behavior and they're supposed to be wise and they're not. Why didn't the judge call foul and say, wait a minute, you can't just because someone that you can't just go in and take people's identities and find out and get I'm sorry man I'm just getting too worked up over it but it's just, well, judge, well, judge, judges are people too and they can be lazy and dumb as well so I mean oh, the, the reality is that they should have known better but the fact that they didn't uh, it, it puts the entire judicial enterprise at risk here in the yeah country. well okay I mean thanks for confirming for me that there's something rotten in Denmark there I mean that's just not, that's not right alright Patrick I really enjoyed talking with you hope you had a great thing Thanksgiving, by the way, everything good. You pulling, you losing a couple pounds that you put on with too much pecan pie or whatever. No, I mean I'm I'm putting on more pounds. I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a it's a burden we all leave. Okay, I, I, I did I did get a treadmill though in the last oh, couple of weeks, so I, I might be able to work a few off. Yeah, but we'll 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 see how busy things yeah. get between now and Christmas. Yeah. But if I don't talk okay. before then, yeah. Merry Christmas. But Same to you, to you yeah. and everyone else. Yeah. Uh, next week, and you'll find out if you plug that treadmill in, it's a dynamite piece of equipment really nice <laughs> i'm kidding you brother thank you very very much appreciate it <laughs> all right so there he is patrick ishmael good sport and the show me institute uh is going to unveil their uh basically their blueprint for legislative action here in missouri in uh on wednesday morning so you may want to catch that and um yeah we need to we need to crack the whip on those legislators to continue to try to maintain our freedoms and uh don't tread on us, guy. Right? Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> hey, when we come back, what did you think of the DeSantis Newsom event the other night? I thought it was really interesting. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'd like to know what you thought about it. 314-912-1019, the number if you want to join in on the show. With Quentin Cornegay, I'm Randy Tobler. You're listening to 1019-941 News Talk STL. Watch us on our live stream using Rumble, Facebook, and Twitter. There's a hole in the 
in this country where it's hard used to be. Talk lines are open now at 314-912-1019. They say building back better. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff, and he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, and oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. Wow. Bam. As Emerald would like to say, Bam, he nailed him. And, uh, boy, you know, I think a lot of people went into the DeSantis Newsom showdown the other night, Wednesday evening on Sean Hannity's program, thinking, man, this could, DeSantis is already reeling, right? I mean, he's sort of like the punch-drunk fighter who's sort of wavering. You know, is he going to go down for the third? Is it all over, you know, one, two, three, four? And um, maybe this is a chance to to resurrect his candidacy. Maybe it's a chance to shine against a pretty slick Gavin Newsom. On the other hand, you know, most of us know what Newsom is. He's nothing more than a progressive disaster monger out there in California, permissive of homeless people, uh, just running rampant all over the, the state, uh, prosecutors who won't prosecute crime, uh, setting uh, 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 thresholds for crime that you won't be punished if you loot a store. And, you know, what's happening? That's leading to the, to the closing of retail outlets throughout California cities. Formerly beautiful San Francisco, now a trash heap. Although, unless you're, you know, President G, then you come here and it looks pristine and beautiful. But the citizens have to put up with that. So, um, and, you know, DeSantis is not slick. He's probably... He may be a little on the spectrum. I don't know. What do you think, Quentin? You think Santos is a little on the spectrum? I don't know. He might be. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, go ahead. I don't know. What, what, what spectrum? You, uh, the autism spectrum. You know, uh, high functioning. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think he's brilliant. About. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's brilliant, and I think that he's a great leader. Uh, I'm. I've. It's been reported that no matter the issue, whether it was the COVID-19 virus, how to fight it the monoclonal antibodies remember he was the guy who really rolled out several sites across florida rather than vaccination emphasis on go back get your vaccine here drive through tent there remember when all man he was rolling out monoclonal antibody site which was perfect that was the that was actually as or more effective like i would like to think i i really believe that that was we probably got more mileage out of that at the hospital i was running at the time than than the vaccines. And it's hard to know because you don't see the people that got the vaccine and don't show up because they got the vaccine. But a lot of people came and they got their monoclonal antibodies. And I think they would have probably been in the hospital had it not been for the antibodies. At any rate, they say that DeSantis does his homework. I mean, he understands the issues. He doesn't, he doesn't just put his finger in the wind and uh, what's the political wind of this day say? I mean, he really does his homework on these things. I'm sure he's, he's sure he's listening to the people and, and the sentiments of the, of the of supporters and, and he's got a worldview clearly. But here's a guy who, who was deployed abroad. I mean, that, that tells me a lot. If you, if you've gone over and you've put on the boots and the camel and you've been, you know, boots on the ground, I'm sorry. That right away, right away. You, you, you're elevated in my mind, big time. And anyone that wants to compete with you has to has to do something to prove that they've got some kind of of a constitution that strong to serve their country in some way, even if it's not military. Do something, okay? Um, 
So he does his homework. Military guy, family guy, values guy, uh, leader guy. I mean, he gets his got got a lot of things done. He said he's going to do what he he did what he said he was going to do, but a little awkward, just a little awkward. That funny Alfred E. Newman style, a, a smile. Uh, now, uh, Quentin, and those of you in the younger, you may not know Alfred E. Newman, but he was a Mad Magazine character. You know, those of you who remember back in the day, you'd sneak a Mad Magazine into into the classroom. You'd be sharing it with your friends, everyone snickering. The teacher saying, "Why are you snickering?" Well, uh, just we're just I don't know. I just something tickled me, you know. But he's got that sort of funny smile, awkward. Okay, well, so I worried going into that that the charisma factor, because after all, you think about the Kennedy-Nixon debate back in 60. I'm sure, Quentin, you've reviewed that tape several times and, you know, in your in your tenure as a producer, because you know everything about politics going back to the early ages of the country. Uh, and uh, you, you look at that, it was all about the appearance. And, you know, Nixon was sweaty and, you know, Kennedy was beautiful and handsome and Camelot coming of age. And uh, so... Americans tend to be shallow in their boating patterns. They go for the bright, shiny object, the glitter, the, you know, the pizzazz. Um, and, and, and Newsom, while I find him repulsive, I find him arrogant. I find him haughty. I find him condescending. Uh, you, you, I, you know, I, I was worried, but man, he, just, I mean, uh, uh, DeSantis just cleaned his clock. So, so that was the first, so that was the first thing. He's like, Newsom's talking about, you know, uh, his dad-in-law moving to Florida. Okay. Then he pulls out some audio visuals. He's got the map. That's clip two. He's got a map and he brings the map out. And then he talks about, you know, what Gavin Newsom has presided over with a map of San Francisco. Listen. This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except... When a communist dictator comes to town, then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. Yeah, and that's true. Now, my son happened to be, he, he married a, a lady from just north of Sacramento. They now live in Arlington, Virginia. He's, he's close to the swamp. He gets the, he gets the fumes as he drives into DC. His job demands that he do that. Works for a company that, that, that makes some of the printing presses for the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Really cool. And, um, and uh, so he has to live in that area. Anyway, they go back and they visit over the Thanksgiving table well, before Thanksgiving and right after G's visit, they visited San Francisco. And he called and he said, Dad, San Francisco looks just like it did when you and mom were out here. I don't know when they were dating or, or shortly after they were married. I forget what several years ago. And it's true. I mean, he said it was beautiful. He showed me pictures downtown there around Chinatown, Chinatown, if Trump was listening. And um uh, you know, I said, well, so it's true. They cleaned up the streets for the communist dictator that the Silicon Valley CEOs paid $40,000 a plate. That's how corrupt California is. They're genuflecting and worshiping at the altar of Xi, who's trying to clean our clock and destroy Western civilization. And Newsom's complicit with it all. And he cleans up the streets. Let the, let the residents 
of of San Francisco and well California writ large let them just suffer in the squalor of the of the lack of law and order and public safety and open borders and lack of prosecution oh but let a foreign dictator come in oh yeah well let's clean it up i mean the guy is just so he is so slimy so slimy i have this theory i have this theory quentin if you look at you look at uh, you look at uh, newsom Get Newsom, get Chuck Schumer in the same room, and you tell me if they're not shapeshifters. I think they may be shapeshifters. They may be reptilian, like, you know, Klingons underneath there. If they, they peel off their face, they might be reptilian under there. These people are slimy. They're snakes. You can't trust them. And, and Newsom showed his metal the other day when he just kept putting out lie after lie after lie about Ron DeSantis. And, and with that smug, I don't know how he does the one eyebrow thing up, you know, but that's, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm superior. Well, who are you? You know, and they got cock his head and stuff. The guy is just the body language. It was just, it was disgusting. So DeSantis cleaned his clock, but wait, there's more. It gets better. Clip five. He goes back on the, the, the poop map, uh, the poop on the street uh, theme and more under, under the tenure of Governor Newsom. Here it is one point tried to say that california was the freedom state i just kind of laugh like you're locking people down you're doing all this uh, then i thought about it you know california does have freedoms uh that some people don't uh that other states don't you have the freedom to defecate in public in california you have the freedom to pitch a tent on sunset boulevard you have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire you have the, the freedom yeah. to uh, have an open-air drug market and use drugs you have a freedom if yeah. you're an illegal alien to get all these taxpayer benefits Check, check them all. Check all the boxes. Everything that's bringing our society to its knees. That's what Newsom is celebrating and what he presides over. So I, I was, uh, I was less worried after this. Finally, it really gets good. We're, we're going to, I did a little bit of investigative journalism because, um, Newsom came back and shot. This is clip six. He shot at DeSantis during a little exchange they had. And tried to and tried to sort of get under DeSantis's skin because of the way he pronounced the vice president's name. And then I, and then I'll show you. I did my, some investigative reporting. Well, I'll show you. Listen. Why the kids were locked out of school for so long? Joe Biden is in the pocket of the teachers union, and so is Kamala Harris. That's why they fought by the way, school openings Kamala when, Harris. when he Shame came in you. there. It's Kamala when they had Harris, that in Ron. It's Kamala Harris. Biden came Harris, into office Madam and he vice brought in the teacher to union to be Harris. able to do Stop all these different me. things to try to keep the schools closed. Okay, so he makes a big deal out of the mispronunciation of Kamala. Some people have said Kamala. Some have said Kamala. Some have said Kamala. It's a funny name. I mean, I don't mean funny. Haha. It's a different name. I've never heard. Quentin, have you ever heard that name before? I've never heard the name Kamala. Have you? No, not at all. And that's okay. I mean, it's her name, and, and it, I, it took me a while to get it right. I, it took me a while. It probably took me a, a couple months to finally get the muscle memory to say, okay, Kamala. It's not, I, I wanted to say Kamala. Kamala. I don't know why, but, and I think that's, okay. So, and that's what he said. Ah, where was Gavin Newsom? Where was Gavin Newsom when Sonia Sotomayor, that's clip A, digital audio file A, where was he during the inauguration? In 2021, when Sonia Sotomayor said this. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. 
I, Kamala Davy Harris, do solemnly swear. I, Kamala Davy Harris, do solemnly swear. That I okay, will- so there you go. There you go. Did you hear her say Kamala? That's what I heard. Did you hear that, Quentin? Uh, yeah, yeah. But she, I, I'd have to go back and, and hear and hear it again. What she said compared to what? Let's um, go back. She said. got Sonia Sotomayor, darling of the left, sitting on a black robe up there, uh, f- pro-abortion all the way up to whatever. I mean, come on, listen, play, play it again, play it again. She did. She got it wrong. And repeat after me. I, Kamala Davy Harris, there, solemnly swear. There you go. Kamala, see, she got it wrong. All right. I guess we got to step aside. I've got more. I've got another big name that mispronounced Kamala's name. We'll talk about that later. All right. Coming up top of the hour, uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to unpack this a little more and more. I'm Randy Tober. There's Quentin. We'll be back. Like us on Facebook at News Talk STL. 